Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, May 29th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Conservative Party leadership contender Matt Hancock takes the fight to rival Boris Johnson on behalf of corporate Britain. Prime Ministers Pedro Sanchez and Emmanuel Macron are trying to prevent a conservative from landing the European Commission presidency, and investors are raising their bets that the Fed will cut rates as the global economy slows. Plus, a merger between Fiat Chrysler and Renault would create the third largest carmaker in the world. The FT's Arash Masoudi explains how the merger talks started and what they could lead to. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Since UK Prime Minister Theresa May announced she'll be stepping down, conservatives have been battling over who will take over as party leader. And one candidate says he wants to repair relations with corporate Britain. In an interview with the FT, Health Secretary and leadership candidate Matt Hancock set out his proposals and blasted his leadership rival Boris Johnson for what Hancock called an anti-business stance. Hancock paints himself as a centrist and says he wouldn't pursue a no-deal Brexit. And he said he wouldn't rule out requesting a Brexit delay from the October 31st deadline set out by the EU. At 40 years of age, Hancock is the youngest so far in a field of what could be as many as 15 candidates eyeing Mrs. May's position. But it might be an uphill battle for Hancock. In a recent poll by YouGov, he had the lowest percentage of conservative backers. Johnson, meanwhile, had the most at 39%. The prime ministers of Spain and Germany are teaming up to keep a common enemy out of the top spot in Brussels. Spain's Pedro Sanchez and France's Emmanuel Macron are trying to block the German conservative Manfred Weber from European Commission presidency. Sanchez launched an intense round of contact with EU leaders to thwart Mr. Weber's candidacy. If Mr. Weber prevails, Sanchez may try to counterbalance him by putting a senior Spanish socialist into a leading Brussels role. Spain's Socialist Party is now the largest national contingent in the new EU Parliament's center-left group after last week's election. Sanchez dined with Mr. Macron and several other EU leaders Monday night. And after the dinner, Sanchez said he had a, quote, excellent alignment with France's prime minister. He went on to say the two shared a pro-European and progressive alliance that, quote, clearly rejects the extreme right. And thanks to the mounting U.S.-China trade war and fears of an economic slowdown, investors are betting that the Federal Reserve will have to cut interest rates after all. The probability that the U.S. Central Bank will cut interest rates at least two more times by the end of the year rose to more than 40 percent on Tuesday. That's according to futures prices. The Fed pressed pause on further interest rate increases earlier this year, and the central bank indicated in its most recent meeting that it had no immediate plans to move, to move rates in either direction. But that was before the U.S. and China each fired out a new set of tariffs as part of the ongoing trade war. The signal from the widely watched U.S. yield curve, which has been a reliable indicator of recessions for the past 50 years, intensified investor nervousness on Tuesday, as long-dated Treasury yields slid further below yields on shorter-dated government debt. 
And here's a closer look at one of the big stories of the week. There could be a seismic shift happening in the auto industry. Over the weekend, the Financial Times broke the news that Fiat Chrysler is in advanced discussions about a deal to force extensive ties with Renault. Fiat Chrysler confirmed it had proposed a 33 billion euro all-share merger with Renault. The deal could form the third largest car maker in the world, behind just Volkswagen and Toyota. The FT's David Oakley talks with Financial Times corporate finance and deals editor Arash Masudi about the merger discussions and how these talks came to be. Arash, tell us about the two men who engineered the deal. When did their talk start and how did the deal come together? Okay, you have to take a step back and just imagine that in the last three or four years in the car industry, all the major players were talking to each other. Part of this thesis was driven by the former CEO, the late CEO of Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, Sergio Marchione, who passed away last July, but had written this manifesto called Confessions of a Capital Junkie, where he called for consolidation for a number of reasons in the car industry. And he was, in many ways, the chief confidant of John Elkin, who runs the Agnelli family empire through an investment vehicle called Exor, which is the dominant shareholder in Fiat Chrysler. And so with Marchione's death, Elkin really stepped into this role and then began taking charge and making a series of moves. One of those moves was to begin conversations with Renault about various things. Those conversations really took off when Jean-Dominique Senard was brought in in January to become the Renault chairman and stabilize the company which had been going through a tumultuous period after the arrest of Carlos Ghosn in Tokyo in November. The meetings between Senard and Elkan took place throughout the spring in Paris and Turin at their various homes. And then in the last few weeks, what began as talks about a cooperation and a broader partnership really shifted into something else, which was a full merger. Did Carlos Ghosn have any role in trying to put together such a merger when he was head at Renault-Nissan? As our Motor Industries correspondent Peter Campbell has written, Nissan had looked at FCA in the past three years and something that was pushed by Ghosn. It's not clear to what extent he actually wanted to do that, but at the time, he was very much more focused on combining Renault with Nissan. When it became clear that that deal was not possible to Senard, who had replaced Ghosn, the conversations with Elkan really took off. And in Senard, Elkan found someone who was more mild-mannered, very smooth and diplomatic, not an egomaniac, not a big character, which is typically what defines many of the big auto chief executives. And so in Senard, there was someone who was much easier to deal with. And I think that probably played a major role because Elkin's manner is, is very sort of genteel and, if you want, aristocratic. And so you could actually say the absence of Ghosn and to some extent, maybe even the absence of Marchione made this deal easier to engineer. So where does that lead us? What are the terms and what will be the balance of power between each side? So it's a 50-50 stock deal. So the shareholders in Fiat Chrysler will have 50% stake in the new company, which will be a Dutch registered company, and Renault shareholders will have 50%. That essentially means that everyone's shareholdings in the two existing companies will be cut in half. So Exor will become the most dominant shareholder with about a 15% stake. The French state and Japan's Nissan, which have 15% of Renault, they will have 7.5% in the new company. And then there will be others who have a smaller stake. But that's largely the three dominant shareholders. That's why John Elkin will become the non-executive chairman of the company. And at least for the time being, is believed that Senard will become the chief executive. But we'll see how that shakes out over the coming years. On the broader theme, what will this deal mean for the industry? And can we expect further consolidation? 
I think the message is yes, but the trick is it's very hard. The industry is beset with big egos, with national pride, with unions, with manufacturing jobs. And the core thesis behind this is shutting down factories and firing people. So that is a really hard thing to swallow. Layer that in with the fact that you're getting some kind of scale through consolidation. Layer that in with governments that will want to say and to try to protect their jobs. And so you have a very difficult dynamic. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be watching as several retailers release their quarterly earnings reports, including Abercrombie & Fitch, Dick's Sporting Goods, Canadian Goose, and Calvin Klein's parent company, PVH. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.